The Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners, a free-flowing conversation with leaders in the HR community, talking about themselves, the industry, and their work. Brought to you in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast Human Resources Association. Welcome to the Hennessy Report. I'm Dave Hennessy. Today's guest is Beth Carlson at Raytheon. She heads up global talent development and learning. In between when we recorded our episode with Beth and now, it was announced that there's a mega merger of Raytheon and United Technologies. Very exciting news. We'll look forward to hearing more about that in the coming months. And in this episode, Beth talks in detail about the over 11,000 veterans who work at Raytheon and make a significant impact on their mission. Beth goes on to discuss the weight of their mission and values and how that drives talent strategy throughout their whole organization. Next up on the podcast is our second Raleigh, North Carolina-based guest, and that's Michelle Strader, the Chief People Officer at Zaloni. And now we bring you our conversation with Beth Carlson. Beth, it's good to have you. Great to be with you, Dave. Beth, was there an early point in your life that you'd be willing to share in a moment or a person that kind of got you focused on the area that you ended up being so passionate about? Yeah, I spent a lot of time when I was young playing a lot of sports and being really involved on teams. And I think that was my earliest moment of really recognizing the leadership side of things that I so enjoyed because, you know, my involvement uh, you know, was all about the team. And so, you know, the, the way that I always uh, focused on the teams that I was a part of was, was, you know, at home and in the backyard and with my siblings, really perfecting my own skills. And that was really about being able to bring the best I had to the court and to the team. And I was put in leadership roles, captains of teams, and it allowed me to be there for my teammates as well. Mm. So sort of perfect my own skills on the back end on that path of excellence and performance and then really being about something much bigger than myself and really the team of people mm. uh, that I was part of right and then you went on to study psychology so you I did I was yeah. a, I was a big ear I've forever been the great listener. Uh, I use that with a capital G because <laughs> uh, I'm a more natural listener. And so that's something that over time has accumulated as well. And so I think the, the field of psychology became kind of a natural draw hmm. in terms of the combination of uh, focusing on individual differences and managing individual differences at an individual level, but also collectively hmm. in terms of leading teams of people. Interesting. Well, let's talk about Raytheon. And Raytheon has a long history, almost a hundred year old history, founded by three people from MIT and has really always been a technology innovator. Can you talk a little bit about Raytheon today, its culture, its values? So yes, technology innovation continues to be the main artery of Raytheon. And you know, we're a company of 67,000 employees, tens of thousands of engineers. So yes, we, you know, we continue to be rooted in technology and innovation, and that continues to be our path forward today. Our focus is squarely on our ultimate customers, our warfighters, and ensuring that they have an unfair competitive advantage on the battlefield or in whatever sphere of battle is occurring. And our focus on 
ensuring that they come home to mm-hmm. their families and mm-hmm. their loved ones. And so our mission is we create trusted, innovative solutions to make the world a safer place. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, a very, you know, a long history, a consistent history. And that, I think, feeds into the culture that we have today. It's central to our culture are the company values. And we wear those values on the back of our badge. And we have five of them. Trust, respect, collaboration, innovation, and accountability. And those values are central to the way that we do our work, to the way that we engage with one another, and ultimately to the way in which we deliver on our commitments to our customers. Might be a good jumping off point to talk a little bit about your role, Beth, and how you incorporate those values into the work you do here. Talk a little bit about what your scope of responsibility is here. So I lead the Global Talent Development and Organizational Effectiveness organization. Mm -hmm. It's part of the human resources organization here at Raytheon. I have a terrific team of people uh, within the organization, and our entire focus is really on risk mitigation, whether it's risk mitigation from a talent perspective and ensuring that we have the talent that we need to achieve our objectives and a risk mitigation from an organizational effectiveness perspective in terms of ensuring that the way in which we're organized and aligned Mm. actually also is right and aligned with our business strategy Mm. and achieving our objectives. So really everything that we do is focused on accelerating performance, strengthening performance, accelerating the readiness of talent and strengthening performance and accelerating the readiness of organizations for the future. Can you talk a little bit about how your values and what you're doing in your role contribute to how all people can be leaders inside this organization? You know, I think uh, from a, a values perspective, they are embedded in the way that the company works, the way that decisions are made, the way that policies and programs are established. It's, it's all interwoven. So they're not sort of separate and distinct. We do weave them into the different you know, career development programs, resources that we have. We weave them into our leadership development programs mm. as well. But it's more up to 67,000 individuals holding on to those values and ensuring that every day they come into work, that they are doing their part to uphold the values that this company runs on. Mm -hmm. When I think about culture, I think about multiple dimensions. I think about the culture that all leaders are accountable for creating for the organizations that they lead, the environments that they create where employees have the opportunity to come to work, to show up fully who they are and to be able to contribute everything they've got to contribute in an environment where they can find purpose and have opportunities to grow and develop. I think this is true. I think I've heard this in the past that there's a lot of people that work at Raytheon. They may have worked in the Department of Defense or worked in the military in some capacity in the past. Is that true? Is there a it high is percent, true. high percentage, or it, a significant? Yes, a significant number of veterans right. at Raytheon. We have over eleven thousand 
we're proud to be able to employ veterans. And certainly the skills and capabilities that our veterans have are so relevant to the work that we do. In many instances, we have people who served in the military who actually used the products and technologies that we created. And so we have that firsthand mm. feedback, but also perspective of what really is needed and necessary. Just like what you said at the very beginning, what your mission, what yes. your job is yes. to help people in the battlefield get the unfair advantage. What feedback do you hear from people that yeah. worked in the military when they joined Raytheon? Because it's not exactly the same. It's not exactly the same. I mean, you're a technology same. firm, and that's... Yes, know. it's not exactly the same. I think where the similarities lie are certainly uh, first and foremost in terms of the sense of purpose mm. and who we are and, and why we exist. And that's absolutely shared. I think another similarity is in the military, you know, rules and regulations are a given. And at Raytheon, we have many policies and processes and procedures that also inform the way that we work. And so, you know, that too is similar. I think where there can be some adjustment and it comes in different forms, you know, in one instance, it could very well be being in such a structured environment in the military and then being in a company with plenty of scaffolding around here's how we do things and these are are the processes every step of the way there is an element that we're really focused on right now in terms of really empowering our employees and so that whole notion of empowerment is something that can be differently exercised in the military than the command is. and control versus empowerment yes. and because you're trying to yes. create an innovative culture that's right, right. We're always trying to be innovative yeah. Right now, you know, we're, we're very focused on how do we continue to leap ahead. So it's not so much the kind of slow move, slow steps, mm. but from an innovation perspective, it's really what are the game changers? That's so interesting. that could be a difference. And what do people that are veterans or former military bring to your culture that elevate it even yes, more? Yes, so many things. But the, the first couple of things that come to mind are, again, that upfront, close, personal experience. Mm the experience of being on the line. Mm. And for civilians like myself, that's something that I can do my best to understand. And yet there's nothing that replaces that actual experience. How do you specifically see those experiences benefit this organization? I think just a very strong undercurrent, again, fueling the ongoing focus of why we exist. Mm to protect our nation and our allies and to bring those who are actually on the line protecting our freedom right. and our sovereignty home. Right. And those people that have done it themselves or can be the best the best ambassadors Absolutely. inside the organization. Absolutely. That's great. In our prior meeting you and I had, we talked about how the role of leading and managing years ago used to be somebody's whole job. Yes and how now people have their own individual contributor roles as well as managing leading people. Yes. And it seems yes. like, well, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I remember we, we had a discussion about that. Yes, I think what you've said is spot on. You know, in an era where the luxury, so to speak, of being a leader or a manager and that really being the majority of your job, 
uh, you know, a very different way to grow, develop, and practice leadership skills compared to literally leading. You know, in some instances, we have leaders who are leading, you know, a number of employees and have a full workload themselves. A technical, and so a technical role. role. Yeah. And so to carve out that time. And our focus now is, you know, are there different ways that we can deliver? on that commitment and mm. it is a commitment that we have for all of our employees to be able to again bring their authentic selves mm. to work every day mm. and to have the opportunity to grow and develop here we have fabulous jobs here we have an undeniable great purpose mm. and with the combination of those two things anyone joining raytheon should be able to, if they so choose, and if they perform, mm. should be able to have a full career here. When we focus on the change in demographics and the uh, millennials coming into the workplace, and what we have experienced and understand a real interest and desire is on ongoing growth and development and sort of building tools and skills that either they can leverage here or pack up and, and bring somewhere else, our view is use them here. Mm. We have so many different opportunities and we need to ensure that our employees are aware of those opportunities and how in an ongoing way, focusing on the experiences that that they're having and what they are building and the skills they are developing through those experiences. And work can be a series of experiences versus how I may have reflected on my career, you know, this many jobs, this many titles. Stuff. Right. Yes. You know, really, I could repackage that and right. say, I had a tremendous variety of experiences, and that has served me well. Mm. You have so many engineers here. I'm sure there are many that you want to find a way to keep and develop and grow, like you're talking about, but they don't necessarily want to be in the management track. That's right. What do you do to help those people find? Because um, I think we all have this thing, you know, as we grew up, the way you advance is you become the boss of the function that that's yes. the goal right yes. so how do you change that mindset how do you create opportunities for people that don't want to manage other people and they want right. to just do that technical work so well that scientific engineering work that you need we rely on that okay. we rely on having employees who want to be the best engineers and follow that engineering technical path that is a critical backbone for us. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it boils down to every person in terms of their interests, their passions, their desires for themselves. One of the things that I have focused on more recently is the criticality of really honoring our talent where they are. There are times when leaders see the potential in their talent and want for their talent, something that their talent is not looking for themselves. Mm. And so how do you balance that sort of stoking something that maybe an employee doesn't recognize in themselves that once noted, you know, they can follow a different path sure. and or honoring someone who just wants to come in and do what they're doing and they love what they they're love doing work, yeah. and home they go and that's their career. Right. That's what they want. And so it's both. And to me, it really just get back to, you know, the beginning of our discussion and, you know, we talked about psychology and the whole idea of managing individual differences. I think that's what leadership is really all about. Mm.
That's great. What's something that people would be surprised to learn about what it's like to work at Raytheon? Somebody from the outside. I think everybody has their image of what happens at a defense tech contractor. I know a technology innovating defense contractor. Well, and maybe the best way for me to respond to that is what was so surprising for me. Oh, yes, that's a great thing, <clears throat> right. What was surprising to me was being surrounded by these unbelievably smart, brilliant people at every it's, turn. It's the genius factor. It's huh? the genius factor. <laughs> and, but, but here's the thing about the genius factor. There is no, everybody's got an ego. Egos show up in a variety of different ways. But when there's a problem to be solved, there is no ego. These great brains get together right. and solve really hard problems day in and day out. Ah. And Tom Kennedy, our CEO, likes to talk about making the impossible possible. And that is what occurs with seemingly regularity. Mm. And so that to me, it just sounds like a, a bunch of words that string together into a tidy sentence, but it is very real. I've had plenty of experiences, as we all have, where egos somehow create and are prevalent in a system. And in an environment where egos could reign supreme mm. based on capabilities, it just uh, seems near absent. Ah, that's fantastic. Can you talk a little about Tom's leadership style, Tom Kennedy's? Tom is an amazing leader. He has amazing energy and amazing passion and focus. He operates from, as he would refer to it, you know, the very core when there are issues that need to be solved and from a strategic plane, of course, as well. Uh, and he can toggle back and forth in any given conversation. Uh, he really is, he is remarkable. He is passionate about innovation. He is passionate about talent and organizational effectiveness, which makes the work that my organization is responsible for even better still. Mm -hmm. And he is all about our mission and flawless execution. Wow. I mean, he's just, that's how he's wrapped. Mm -hmm. I think, Beth, you know that we produce this podcast in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast Human Resources Association. And uh, we have Sarah Dumont, the podcast producer who's on the NERA YP, Young Professionals Committee, here to ask you a question. The NERA YP question today is, when developing talent all over, the, all over the world, do you use different strategies to get employees to achieve a goal in the United States versus a different country? That's a great question. Sarah, thank you. The tools and resources that we use in the United States are similarly used by our employees in you know a variety of different countries. So those things are the same. The way in which employees are coached and developed and our philosophy around development, that's similar too. I think at the end of the day, as people, we have different wants and expectations and aspirations for ourselves. And that's so whether you're in the United States or you're in Saudi Arabia or you're in Poland or you're in Australia or you're in the UK, you know, and so on. It really goes back to uh, whatever those cultural norms are that need to be managed through is the way that the development, so to speak, would occur. But in terms of meeting the needs of individual employees, I think that's universal. If you could write a letter of career advice to yourself, to Beth Carlson of 30 years old, what would you write? 
I think it would be a tome. <laughs> but I think one of the things that I would highlight, and this falls under the just, I think, a, a critical learning, would be trust your gut. Trust your instincts. Mm. Build your skills. Build your capabilities. Continue to be risk-averse in terms of your pursuit. And when you see and feel a red flag, honor it. Mm. Honor it. Trust your intuition. Absolutely. Mm. Impressive. What's something interesting about you that we wouldn't find on LinkedIn? I completed an Ironman. Ah, Really? So yes, uh, wow. that was close to a decade ago in uh, Where was it? in Louisville, Kentucky. Ah. My goal was to be able to finish, so it was actually a very simple goal, which meant uh, you know at each leg. I don't think it's a simple goal. Well, well, at each <laughs> well, you know, there, there was a lot it's not I learned. An easy goal. <laughs> there was a lot I learned. <laughs> yeah. Because at each leg, if you don't complete it within a, a predetermined time frame. Oh, then you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that thus my goal to be able to finish Complete the swim. It. You have to, right, yeah. right. So yes. That's that was right. An amazing Congratulations experience. on that. Thank you. That's awesome. If you could go to dinner with any living person, who would it be and why? My husband. Your husband? Yes. Wow. My husband Peter. He is my favorite person and uh, we have five children and one of our children has special needs. And so the amount of time that he and I actually have to spend together, let alone go out to dinner together, is quite limited. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, it's been so great having you on the podcast, Beth. Thanks for doing it. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners. Be sure to subscribe to listen to all of our conversations with leaders in HR. Go to keystonepartners.com and click on the podcast button.